I have problems with rage. I have problems with jealousy. It stems from insecurity, a fluctuation of my self worth. She said I was acting like I was possessed, made up a lie, and left me on her footsteps. I prayed for nails to rain down and shatter the earth. One day I'll find someone who won't turn me into a psychopath. When you're down that road, you can't turn around, you can't turn back. Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Misaligned. We are back this week with some media consumption discussion. That's a little hard to say if you say it too fast, but Megan and I thought this would be a good episode to do because we've talked about so many different forms of media on here between, you know, our topic discussions and our recommendations in general. So we're kind of going to just go through the various media types that we consume and tell you guys, you know, what apps we use, that sort of thing, if we have any sort of process for doing these things and whatnot. But before we get to that, Megan has a few things she would like to tell us about. Oh, yes. So, as usual, here is our lovely little uh, intro to everything. So, Misaligned is part of the Modern Vinyl family of podcasts. You can find all of the shows over at modern-vinyl.com. And usually this is the part where we plug uh, one of the families or one of the podcasts in the family. But I feel like we've talked about it so much. So Pilot Study Season 2 should be coming back. I believe the Vinyl Crawl will be making a comeback um let's see what else is there oh yes the modern vinyl podcast itself and our podcast so listen to all of them they're great podcasts and i'm not (laughs) just saying that because i'm on misaligned and you know it's it's a great podcast but they're all awesome yes and we are going to talk about some more podcasts here shortly but first megan i know we had a little bit of news we wanted to discuss after you know this past week's events and Well, I should say last week by this point, because when you all hear this, it will have happened over a week ago. But anyway, why don't you go ahead, Megan? Yep. So last week was just a really sad, horrible week um, in the United States. So we had Alton Sterling shooting um, by a police officer. What was that? Last Wednesday, I believe. Backlash came out. And then Philandro Castro, right? Philandro Castro. Does that name ring a bell to you, Deanna? I believe that is the correct name. I do know who you're talking about, though. He was the man who was shot in his vehicle after being pulled over for what I believe was a broken taillight or a taillight that was just out. Yes. And I'm sorry, I'm saying his name wrong. It's not Flando, Flan, yes, Flandro Castro. It's Flando Castile. It's been a long week. I'm sorry, you guys. It's, I don't mean to say things wrong. And I know that he is the one whose shooting was Facebook streamed. Yes. Now, these are two police-involved shootings against black men. And it's just disheartening to see that the Philandra was pulled over for a traffic stop and Alton was selling CDs. It's 2016, and I've said this too much, but stuff like this should not be happening. We really need to come together and... Realize that black lives do matter. They do matter. And I'm saying this as someone who has a lot of faith in the BLM movement. 
someone who is very proud of her friends who are protesting and standing up for what they believe in. But then at the same time, what happened on Thursday in Dallas, where police officers were shot and killed, it was awful. Um, It stressed me out because my dad was actually in Dallas at the time and had just gotten to his hotel blocks away and was safe when everything started happening. I had a lot of friends staying at the Omni, which was under lockdown, and thankfully everyone is safe and heartbroken, and it just, it's too much to take in. So with all of this said, the police, if you see a police officer, please do not harass them. Please do not shout mean things at them. I realize that there is such a clash between what's going on with Black Lives Matter and police-involved shootings and what's going on with Dallas, where someone shot the police officers. But sometimes, you know, police can be good guys. Not all cops are bad. Like that saying, ACAB, I believe it is. Um, But if you see a police officer, just say thank you for your service, hug them. They are probably just distressed out as a lot of people in this nation. So, depressing news all aside, I just want to say that I want to hug everyone. Right now, right. what we really, really need is just more love and hugs and sappy stuff in the world. Go hug a puppy. Go hug your neighbor. Go hug a police officer. Spread love, not hate. Puppies always help. Yes, this is true. And what's very important to remember is that police dogs are probably one of the most important parts of any police squad. Although you probably don't want to go hug a police dog that is on duty because that is not allowed. (laughs) Yeah, please don't do that. If they're on duty and you ask if you can pet them, maybe it's okay. I don't think anyone's allowed to touch them. Or just make sure you don't have drugs on you if they're drugs (laughs) you know. That's also helpful. (laughs) Because then the dog will touch you. (laughs) Yep. Then you'll get in trouble. And uh, that would not be good. No, it would not. All right. Well, we are going to migrate over to our media consumption topic for today. And since this is a podcast, there is no better way to start this section other than talking about how we consume podcasts. I know I consume an absurd amount of podcasts. I am aware of this. It is probably the main way I get news and listen to things on a daily basis. I personally use Overcast, which is now a free app with an option to pay Marco Arment, who is the developer, you know, a dollar a month, I believe, is what I'm paying him right now. And you get cool features like a dark theme for the app and everything. And they they have a really good like recommendation and sharing platform built into Overcast. If you go to search for new podcasts, they will have basically topic sections or even podcast network sections with lists of episodes. And I know in Overcast, Misaligned has actually been in the, that top music section a couple of times. So thank you to everyone who has been listening and made that happen. And you can share the episodes right from the screen, which I'm sure you can also do in the normal podcast app, which I know is what you use, Megan. And it'll look great 
if you post to Twitter or anything like that. And it's just a really, really well done app. And that's why I've been choosing to use that over the built-in podcast app on Apple. See, I use the podcast app from Apple because I am running out of space on my 32 gig iPhone. Right. Like, go figure. I get my first iPhone is a 16 gig 4S and I ran out of space and said, okay, when I upgrade, I'm going to get a 32 gig. Here I am, 5S, 32 gigs, and I have less than a gig of space. So I just kind of stick with, you know, old faithful. Yeah. And with podcasts, I like also that Spotify has a really nice selection of podcasts. I don't think you can actually find a lot of like um, washed up emo or modern vital or I think even lead singer syndrome with uh, Silverstein's Shane Told on Spotify. But you can get a lot of other podcasts on there, such as the Nerdist podcast, which I enjoy thoroughly. And on the media on the media is a podcast that kind of deals more with current events breaking news the media industry in general because i am such a news nerd that i'm proud not even ashamed (laughs) yeah and i should mention with overcast you can choose to stream the podcasts over wi-fi instead of downloading them onto your device and having them take up space which is what the podcast app does unfortunately right and Overcast has this feature called Smart Speed, which I use a lot. Basically, it cuts out some, you know, silences and that sort of thing. And trust me, you do not want to know how many hours I have saved just using Smart Speed. And I also listen to the podcasts at around 1.5 to 1.7 speed. So I get through a lot of podcasts, which this app works very well for me because I do listen to a lot and it's a great app even if you don't listen to nearly as many as I do. Which I don't listen to as many as you. (laughs) Right. But the podcast app works for, you know, most people because it's already built in. They don't have to go search and kind of research what other third party podcast app they would like to use. But if you want to make it nice and easy, you can check out Overcast for free now. So that is a plus. When I started using it, it was a paid app up front. And then Marco kind of reworked his business plan there for Overcast. And now it is free and you can choose to pay him monthly or donate or whatever to the app. I might have to check into that, honestly. Like, I do like the Spotify app for... um my podcasts because I don't need to download them to my phone. Right. I can just listen to them in the app, not have to download, take up space. It's nice. And I can pick and choose what I want to listen to. Yeah. And you can even stream over, you know, your cell data plan if you want to. I mean, that would kind of use up a lot of it. But (laughs) if you're, you know. RIP my data plan this (laughs) time. If you're at home on Wi-Fi or whatever, you can just stream them instead of download. And I believe you can take care of all that stuff in the settings. It's good to know. Yeah. Well, since this is also a music podcast, do you want to move on to music? (laughs) We can. And I feel like I'm back in college again (laughs) because uh, actually one of my media classes, my sophomore year, we had to do a project about our media consumption. And music definitely took up a huge part of that project for me, which was really cool. And this was back in, what, 2010? No. Yes. 
took it in the fall so it was 2010 <laughs> so a lot can change in six years but i still i still consume a lot of music be it online radio which probably at the time i think what spotify was still pretty new in the states pandora was still it was kind of fizzling out a little and now it's kind of gotten a resurgence but music what a good way to talk about media <laughs> like i said spotify and pandora those are two ways that i consume my music i make a lot of podcasts on spot or uh, podcasts playlists i make a lot of playlists <laughs> on spotify and i still love streaming stuff on pandora it makes driving in my car a lot easier because the radio stations kind of suck here right like i have nothing against the radio but it's pretty much dominated by I Heart Radio, I Heart Media stations, that sort of thing. So the two alt rock stations, DC 101 and XL 102 out of Richmond, basically are the same format and it's it gets kind of repetitive. And the same goes for all the top 40 and adult contemporary stations. It's pretty much the same five songs over and over again. So with that said, a lot of my radio consumption comes from independent public radio when i'm in pennsylvania and i'm pretty sure you're gonna know the station quite well being mm -hmm. a former philly resident yes but when i'm in pa i definitely listen to wxpn a lot that is probably one of my favorite stations of all time and here in virginia we've got well when i can pick it up when i'm in richmond or charlottesville wnrn which happens to be the radio station that I was volunteering with this past weekend at a music festival. And this is going to sound like such a plug for independent radio, but if you've got a station and you love it and you can afford to, you should become a member because they do a lot of great things for the community. I mean, who doesn't love stations that give back to you and play great music? Like, it's a win-win for everyone. Definitely. And... Of course, I think I said in my project that I still bought a lot of CDs or no, I had a picture of my iPod in that project. I made a Tumblr blog. It was cool. <laughs> Everyone else had like a cardboard cutout of stuff and I'm like, uh, mine's digital. Perfect for a media class. But the iPod, mine, I haven't plugged mine in a while. I'm, I hope it still works. <laughs> But the same goes for my phone. My phone kind of acts as an iPod of sorts. Like, I listen to things on shuffle. If I buy a CD, I'll import it into my computer, maybe put some songs on my phone, or just pop it into my car. And, of course, there's records, but obviously I would have a record collection if I write for Modern Vinyl. Seems Makes like sense. a <laughs> logical thing there. Um, but, yeah, music. Now that I've kind of rambled on there. Deanna, how about you? What's your music consumption like? Okay, well, I have switched streaming apps, I believe, two or three times now. I started off using Spotify because, well, it was free and I was probably a freshman in college when it started to really get big over here. And that was great until I started getting ads in Spanish. And I don't know why this was happening so was it like a specific location because i i really was in weird. philadelphia so it made no sense huh like if i was here where i am now in southern california that would make a lot more sense but 
in Philly, it makes no sense at all. <laughs> so yeah, and I, I don't think no it goes clue. by your demographics or anything because like you can put in your info. Yeah, and it was just like Spanish ads for Verizon. So I neither huh. spoke Spanish nor used Verizon. So I really did not care at all. But then I switched over to RDO and I believe they had student pricing and I might have been only paying $5 a month for it. And I just really liked the design of that and everything. But once I started writing for websites and stuff and started getting album advances and everything, it was a little inconvenient to constantly have to use two different music apps because before Apple Music, none of them really combined your library and your streaming the way I wanted them to. And that's why I ended up switching to Apple Music, other than the fact that RDO no longer exists, which it was a sad day. But Apple Music has done what I've wanted it to do. And I listen to a lot of tech podcasts and follow a lot of tech people on Twitter and everything. And I've heard quite a few of them say that Apple should separate the two apps out. And I would hate it if they did that because this is exactly what I wanted in the first place, you know? So it's like, I don't really get why people wouldn't want their music collection in with their streaming because then that's just, you know, kind of more ways Apple can pull from your listening habits and create a better for you section and that sort of thing, if you ask me. So I personally like Apple Music the way it is. I do think, though, now that I'm on the iOS 10 beta, that there are some things that need to be fixed with the user interface right now. To me, some of the fonts are like way too big and take up way too much screen space. I'd rather see more of my music than library and giant bold letters. So to me, those are really minor things. I haven't had as much of a problem with it as some people have. I did have a couple albums get deleted because iTunes was doing some weird bug where it wasn't letting you keep the files. It was just like automatically deleting them off your laptop. But I got that situated. I got it figured out, got the music back. It was only two albums, so it wasn't a huge deal. And then like you, I also have a record collection. I have two milk crates currently in my room on the floor full of records, overflowing with records actually, because I have no space for a third milk crate in here. and Your records runneth over. <laughs> I know. Between records and books, I'm not sure I'm going to have room for myself in my room pretty soon. Uh, I know the feeling. I mean, <laughs> my books and my records are currently next to each other, so there's that. Mine are somewhat next to each other. <laughs> but kind of going back to what you were talking about with Apple Music, mm-hmm. I'm one of those people that would probably prefer them to be separate apps just because I don't use Apple Music because I am cheap and don't want to pay for a streaming service um, that when I had the free trial only worked sporadically, which is weird. I It just makes things a little cluttered, I think, for me because I don't stream via the app and it kind of makes it like a little hurdle to actually listen to my music. I'm such a simpleton, a cheap little simpleton. Right. Well, what I really like about it is that you can go into the new music section on Fridays and you can just basically click add and it'll add stuff to your collection. So then I don't necessarily have to search Apple Music every time I want to listen to that new album 
or anything. I can just go add it and then it'll be in my library section. And then, you know, if you end up not paying for Apple Music after that, it'll just kind of automatically get rid of those things because you haven't downloaded them through iTunes, so to speak. Yeah, because I had a bunch of albums added for free when I had the free trial and actually even kind of getting them out. This was probably back before there were a few updates to it, but even getting them out was a little bit of a hassle. Yeah, I mean, I think they've improved quite a bit on it. And I mean, I believe the last number I heard was they have 15 million users paying for it, which is, you know. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And there is the talk that Apple was considering maybe doing something with title like buying it or yeah something, th- there were rumors going around about that that would be an interesting merger right there i mean it would it would make sense a little i think because apple bought beats by dre right and i think getting another thing from a high profile hip-hop mogul would be just another great addition to their platform even though title is so overpriced yeah and still the only place you can stream lemonade. I'm so mad. <laughs> yeah, and this isn't really a way I necessarily consume music, but I know a lot of the Modern Vinyl staff have been using Symbol, and it's kind of a cool social aspect to music and getting to see what other people are listening to. You can like it, comment on it. It's almost like, you know, Instagram for music, basically, is how yeah. I feel like it comes across. And it pulls, it pulls from Spotify and it does pull from SoundCloud, which I really like. Right. Like for the 4th of July, I posted uh, the PPD remix of Sufjan Stevens's 4th of July, which is on the Exploding Whale EP, which was a very limited 7-inch that you could buy at his concert. And it came in two variants. And then later, a black variant came along where you had a download code. Mm-hmm. So for people who bought the concert variant and didn't get a download code, SoundCloud kind of is good. Um, but yeah, that, that particular song isn't on Spotify. So it's nice that there's at least two ways to pull in to that service. And it's fun to see. Like Sometimes there's a lot of throwback songs posted. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that song. That was such a jam back in the day. Yeah, and even pulling from SoundCloud, you'll get a lot of, you know, smaller bands that maybe don't know how to do digital distribution or don't want to pay, you know, CD Baby or TuneCore or whatever to do that for them, and their stuff isn't available on the streaming services. So you're getting a lot of, you know, some of the more unknown stuff, too, by being able to pull from SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish that there would be Bandcamp. Um, yeah, integration because that would be useful too. But you I th- know, I think when Chris did the episode with them, that they are working on it. And if you guys haven't listened to that, Chris did an episode with the guys from Symbol over on the Modern Vinyl podcast. We'll link to that for you. It was a really good mm-hmm. episode, and I'm very interested to see where this app goes from here. I like it. I really do. And while I'm thinking of this, I totally didn't write this in the doc, but this is actually pretty relevant. People are also using Symbol as a way of new music discovery. Right. And yet another way that I consume my music media. 
and new music discovery ways is via blogs. I know that Modern Vinyl sometimes will throw in um, premieres from artists that might not be pretty big or are just starting to gain traction, which is very cool. We do love the little guys over Envy. Right. And uh, before, oh my gosh, let's not lose the train of thought. This weekend, when I was at the music festival, there was a band called the Dust Bowl Revival, who I was super excited to see. I would never have known about that band if it wasn't for a blog. And I think that blogs are a great way to get your music in. Like, the blog in question is the Bluegrass Situation. And my friend's sister runs it along with Ed Helms, which is really cool. And they actually have had a stage over at Bonnaroo the past few years. Yeah, Bonnaroo, not Coachella, definitely Bonnaroo, born in Tennessee. <laughs> and um, it's just interesting to see what they do. I know that last year for this music festival, they had a video series. So I know that on the Red Wing Facebook page, they were featuring some of last year's sessions. And this year, sadly, they weren't there. But the fact that there were so many artists that had been featured on the Bluegrass situation was great. And it just, I don't know, it made me excited. Especially since I told the Dust Bowl Revival Gang that that's how I discovered them and began to really like their music. And they said, oh my gosh, the internet, it works. This is great. Yeah. And, you know, with me, I don't write nearly as much as you do for Modern Vinyl, but I also have my website, Hi-Fi Noise, and I personally love it when either bands email me themselves or small labels hit me up about their bands instead of, you know, getting these mass emails from publicists and everything. And I mean, I do look at a lot of stuff that the publicists do send me. I'm not on Mm -hmm. some absurd amount of mailing lists for you know PR companies and everything but when you get to companies like big picture media it's like they have so many artists and they don't just do artists they also do PR for you know crafts events and this stuff and it's like I'm one person running the daily news for this so I can't possibly cover everything and I feel like when smaller bands come to me I'm kind of more interested in checking that stuff out first and maybe, you know, writing up a little more than just a news post about it. Because, you know, when a band premieres something on Billboard or whatever, it's like, I kind of just link to it and that's that. And I'll link to pre-orders and that stuff too. Because I feel like if anything, people are going to be more interested in what Billboard has to say about the artist and not me. So that's why I kind of just leave those be as news posts. But when I had Chris on, we were kind of talking about this and how to try to make music websites stand out more now. And I think we were getting somewhere with the idea that, you know, if you write more than just a news post, bands are going to remember that. And appreciate that more but when you know you have publicists sending you stuff you're not even sure the band or the artist is going to see what you wrote and this is why i make it a point that with each interview that i do i do send it back to the publicist i do make sure that the band can get it 
by tagging them in social media and all that. Yeah, I do all of that too. I mean, I literally send links to publicists all day and sometimes I'm not entirely sure if they want me to do that, but I just do it anyway because, you know, I know a lot of publicists do kind of either keep track themselves or maybe if they're a bigger publicist, they have an intern or assistant or something who keeps track of all the links and all of the posts they have for the band so they can, you know, go to the band and be like, hey, we got this for you guys and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Which is nice. Yeah. Maybe we need interns to transcribe interviews for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we could transcribe each other's interviews and maybe that'll make life easier. True, but then... That's a lot of audio to have to listen to. <laughs> yes. I already edit two podcasts, I know. <laughs> oh, the struggle. Yeah. All right. Well, let's continue on with sort of this streaming topic that we were getting at with the music and move on to how you consume TV and movies. Personally, I have quite a few different ways that I do this now that I am living back at home and my parents have this funny little thing called cable. <laughs> Which I did not Cable's have. The <laughs> best. Yeah. So obviously then when you have something like Time Warner, Dish, Comcast, whatever, you typically have a DVR. So we basically record everything and watch it the next night. Or, you know, if stuff records on West Coast time or I'm sorry, if stuff records on East Coast time, it records way earlier here on the West Coast. So it'll record and we can like, you know go walk or eat dinner and then watch something the same night, which is pretty nice. And Mr. Robot is back this week. So I'm very, very excited about that. Uh, You know what? When I was briefly on social media on Twitter, I did see some tweets about that. Should probably go check out that show. Yeah. Season one was very good. I think my mom is giving up on it, though. Hi, mom. I know you're listening. It's okay. (laughs) But yeah, so DVR for, you know, the usual network shows and that sort of thing. And then on my Apple TV, I have this app called Plex, which those of you who use an Apple TV already, I'm sure you are well aware of this app. It's basically you can pull from your computer or, you know, if you have a little server of your own or some people use like a Mac mini as a server in their house and If you have like, you know, TV shows, movies, whatever from third parties that aren't, you know, the iTunes store or whatever, you can then pull those onto the Plex app on your Apple TV and watch them there instead of, you know, having to watch them just on your computer screen and you don't have to, you know, plug up your computer to the TV and make sure it's working right and the resolution is correct and all that sort of stuff. So that app is great for that stuff. And then as far as streaming services, I pay for Netflix and I have Amazon Prime. So I watch a lot of Netflix. As you guys know, when I was going through my Clone Wars watching, I (laughs) was clearly on Netflix a lot. And with Amazon, I'm behind on Transparent, I believe. I still have not finished season two. I know quite a few people who did not finish season two because they were like, this is just too heavy for me. You know, so I need to watch season two. I should probably find someone with Prime and mooch off of them. (laughs) Yeah, I think I got two episodes into it and then I just hadn't continued yet. And since at the house, we just switched over to Dish. We also have 
three months free of, you know, like HBO, Showtime and whatever. So I have been recording Bill Simmons' Any Given Wednesday show. It is actually really, really good. And I've been really impressed with the guests he's had on already. I mean, there's obviously still going to be a little bit of a learning curve with these sorts of things because I know when Grantland was up and running, Bill did have a show on TV, but I don't think it was on a weekly basis like this is. And it's only 30 minutes, so it's really short. And he had, you know, Mark Cuban on, Chris Bosh, Anthony Anderson, so all sorts of people. I think Ben Affleck was on the very first episode. He was because he had that erratic behavior. <laughs> yes, he was very heated about the Patriots. Ugh, deflate gate. Ugh, Patriots. <laughs> sports. Ugh, Megan football. is not a fan. <laughs> oh, no, I'm a fan of sports. Just I like not football. the normal sports. Just not yeah. the Patriots. Bears all the way. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a problem. I'm a Packers fan. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. But it's not football season. We could put our differences aside for that. Until September. Clock's running. True. Two months here. <laughs> well, at least my favorite player happens to be the kicker, and not just because he went to Penn State. He is just a damn good kicker. I can't name your kicker. I'm sorry. It's Robbie Gold. Oh, okay. He has a foot of gold. Yes. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Okay. That was bad. <laughs> But yeah, with like TV and stuff, I mean, obviously, you just heard us talk about football. We do. We will watch that when, you know, the season is ripe. And that's not something you want to DVR. We'll be watching the Olympics. <laughs> that's for this sure. This is true. Oh, I can't wait for the Olympics. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. But uh, yeah, my family doesn't actually have a DVR. We don't have that fancy Xfinity X1 system. We just have regular old Xfinity. And it's nice because... A, my parents don't need to learn a new complicated system, and B, I don't have to teach them how to use a new complicated system. <laughs> We've pretty much had the same thing since we were living in Pennsylvania. And with that, we get on demand. And what's nice about our package is that we can also have the access to select channels um, on the Comcast Xfinity website to stream online the live shows it helps definitely definitely helps with olympics right um you can definitely get the different channels up and running just with your comcast xfinity login and on demand is great because i can it's kind of like you with the dvr i can watch a show after it airs right and yeah we have on demand too so it's kind of like if there are too many shows on on one night and we can't dvr all of them because you know there's like four on four different channels at the same time it's not a mm -hmm. huge deal because chances are it'll be on demand anyway yeah i mean that's pretty much how i watched a lot of last week tonight with john oliver i wouldn't watch it live i would just watch it the next day on demand at my own pace leisurely and that's actually how i watched the tony awards this year since i had to miss them because of the beyonce concert and let me just say that watching an award show in three chunks is not very fun because <laughs> CBS had it set up where you couldn't fast forward through the commercials and that drove me up a wall. Right. I thought that if they had just broken out or gotten rid of all of the commercials and made it into one nice digestible chunk, it would have been a lot smoother. But no. Yeah, that's the one downside to some of the on-demand stuff. Even if they don't put in the full amount of commercials and everything, sometimes they'll have, you know, like... A minute commercial or something kind of just thrown in 
because I've noticed that when you watch TV shows without commercials, if it's an hour-long TV show, typically it runs around 42 minutes or so. But then sometimes mm-hmm. on demand, it'll be like 48 minutes. So it's like, all right, I know you have some commercials in there and I know you're not going to let me fast forward through them. But it's like then they're it's, not uh... long enough to do something like go to the bathroom or <laughs> whatever, you know. So it's kind of just like these little annoying commercials that you have to sit through. And that's why the pause button was invented. And I don't know. Cable's nice. My dad kind of can't live without all the fancy channels. He is not a movie buff. But yet he needs to have his Western channel and he needs to have the (laughs) Hallmark movie channel and the Hallmark channel itself. And my God, this is that gets on my nerves. (laughs) But, you know, downside of being at home, it it's nice because we do get these nice channels so I can watch a lot of the movies uh, for free through the computer or through the TV if they're on that specific channel without actually having to pay the exorbitant on demand prices. Right. Which which is nice. And it also means that if I'm away, I can just stream something and not even have to be at a TV or close to one. And I know you mentioned having Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. which does have Orphan Black, which I love. I wish it was on another streaming service like uh, Netflix, which I use. Without Netflix, I would probably be a sad, miserable creature. <laughs> right. I have quite a few Netflix shows that I still need to get to because, you know, Clone Wars was over a hundred episodes. So it's like I spent I mean, all my time watching that. There's only so much so much you can watch. Like yeah. I know last week, maybe a week and a half ago, I finished Orange is the New Black. I have not started that. And I also have not started Bloodline, which I watched season one of, and I got a couple episodes into season two of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, I believe. There's only two. There's only two seasons. So you probably got through a couple episodes in season two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did I did watch the first season of that, but the, the newer season I have only seen two. I think I have a few episodes yet to finish. But then there was Jessica Jones. Like Netflix is getting all of the really cool Marvel stuff Jessica and they've got Jones that partnership so coming good. up. Yes, right. But they're getting that partnership with Disney where a lot of the Disney movies will pretty much be on the Netflix streaming app and service within i forget if it's within a week of their actual release date or something i just know that it'll be a lot faster than waiting for it to really just come out for hbo or something yeah netflix just did a deal with the cw i don't know if it was only for the dc superhero shows like the flash arrow and supergirl and everything but at least for those shows they will be on Netflix in full eight days after the season finale. That's not bad. Yeah. And I mean, with cable, I'm obviously going to watch them, you know, the day after, the day of, or whatever. Although Mm -hmm. Dish no longer has the CW right now because they're arguing over stupid stuff, like how much the CW and KTLA want to charge them to for them to have a local channel that is free otherwise but luckily i, I have like an dish op- always yells with other cable providers or even stations about that cuz i know they had a thing with viacom a few months ago yeah i don't know we just got them in may i believe at the end of may and this was the first thing 
that we had a problem okay. with. But I have an over-the-air antenna that I could just hook up to the TV and get Channel 5 that way. So it's not a problem, which I'm sure Channel 5 to me is not Channel 5 to the rest of you, but it's, you know, KTLA and the CW and whatnot. To be honest, I don't even know what my CW affiliate is. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> but I mean, it's KTLA, I believe, that wouldn't agree to what it's a different call sign for a different station. Yeah, but I think they were the ones who had a problem with Dish, not the other way around. Because, I mean, the fact that Dish is even paying for channels that you can get for free locally is kind of funny to me. But that's a whole other rabbit hole we don't need to go down right now. So nope. <laughs> I think that covers it for our you know, movies and TV. Before we go on to physical media why don't we go ahead and briefly cover how we consume most of our news i know i kind of do this a few different ways i am on twitter pretty much all day and i have an rss feed set up through reader on my mac which has been the best rss app i've tried on the mac and then right now i'm beta testing one called fiery feeds which Ironically enough, the app has a blue c color scheme to it, not, you know, red or orange as fiery would make maybe you believe. Maybe they're thinking of uh, Hades. Come on, like Hades from Hercules? Yes, he had maybe. the blue flame thing going yeah. on. Maybe that's it. But yeah, Who both knows? apps have been great. Reader is available on Mac, iOS, iPad, everywhere for Mac and Apple products, basically. But yeah, I think Twitter is definitely... A huge help and then i dump a ton of stuff into instapaper because i have a problem with piling up articles that i want to read and don't have time to get to <laughs> like news news consumption is probably my second biggest after music it's interesting to see the way of how it's gone because for years i've been using my social feeds as a way to get news i mean twitter yes that's that's pretty much how i got my news or even sometimes from facebook I know the Washington Post just did a thing asking people via various platforms like Snapchat and Twitter and independent Facebook feeds, like the individual writers themselves, about how people get their news. Most specifically with, uh, I believe it was the Orlando shooting up there. They were asking, hey, how did you first hear about Orlando? Because I saw a few, or actually I saw one of my friend's feeds about that. And in that specific Facebook thread, a lot of people said, oh, well, we got our news from Twitter or because it happened while most of us were asleep, we woke up to push notifications on our phones from various apps. And that's that's pretty cool to see. Because also the thing about breaking news with Twitter is that actually on the media has a great breaking news guide that you can read because not everything is factual. Like there can be a bunch of different things floating around which is the nature of breaking news like sometimes it's just inaccurate and you kind of have to pay attention to that so sometimes things can be wrong on twitter and it's sometimes it's refreshing to take a break i know that i mentioned earlier that i was off social media feeds for a good chunk of the weekend i was in an area that didn't have any cell phone reception unless you had verizon in which you got some reception, which they were really lucky. But as an AT&T person, nope, I was out of luck until the last day when I was leaving and I found one spot where I got reception. And even then it was just like, 
well, I couldn't stand in that spot because I would miss out on everything. But I took the social media hiatus while at the festival going 12 plus hours for three days pretty much without catching up with what was going on in the world, which for a tech addict like myself, which I am a tech addict, it's weird, even though I don't want an Apple watch, that's a different story. It's kind of refreshing. I mentioned earlier about the news of last week and how upsetting it was. It was good to go on that break from social media. I highly recommend it. You know, if we're going to talk about media and how we consume it, sometimes it's just good to go off the grid. Right. It's good to kind of regain your sanity and actually pay attention to the world around you instead of being glued to your phone or your computer screen. (laughs) Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, we both really get a lot of our news from social media feeds and that sort of thing. And I do still watch network news, even though I have found that MSNBC is the least biased out of the three with Fox and CNN. CNN just, they've had some issues and not just with like Don Lemon or uh, the Malaysia airline airplane that is still missing, but maybe showing up in parts, their conspiracy theories. And then Fox, Fox News, the only person I love watching on that channel is Shep Smith. Otherwise, everything else, straight up online or even in the newspaper. I still read a newspaper because newspapers are great, which actually is a really good segue into our next thing, which is about books. Yeah. And physical things that you read. (laughs) Yeah. And I know I have a little bit more here because I also read comic books and I have almost a full shelf on my bookshelf dedicated to comic books right now. And I mean, I have all of the single issues piled on top of the trades that are nice and displayed on my shelf so there is that and I mean I try not to collect single issues just because that's going to get expensive very quickly and it's much more cost efficient for me to buy trades at this point considering I'm making very little money at the moment doing what freelance stuff I can but Comixology just released their unlimited monthly plan, I guess. And it's $6 a month, I believe. I don't know if you can pay yearly and get a discount or not, but I did the free month trial. And the thing about that is it's really good for getting into comics, but they only have like the first trade of a series, basically. So if you want to continue reading, then you have to go buy those. And for me, I am very anal about this stuff. And it's like, I can't own trades two through five and not also have trade one even though I read it and you know paid that monthly fee to read it or whatever so I kind of just canceled it when my free trial was over but as I've recommended before on here I do love Marvel Unlimited it's $69 for the entire year which if you read even just you know two comics a month that's cheaper than going to buy those issues individually because newer issues can be you know anywhere from three to six dollars and it usually falls on the higher end if it's marvel or dc comics so i really wish dc would put out something similar to this because i would pay for it instantly because on my shelf i mostly have stuff from dc and their vertigo imprint which did you know v for vendetta and that sort of stuff And then Image Comics is one of the more independent ones 
and their trades are priced lower than DC ones are just because, you know, they're a smaller company and not as money hungry, I guess you could say. So those, I'm not super picky about whether I read those digitally or in physical copies, more so because right now I am completely out of room on my shelves and I don't have any room for the books I just bought this weekend because the used bookstore had a sale. So of course I had to go buy stuff. I mean, used book sales are the best sales. Yes. And I think I brought this up back in April. April sounds about right. Maybe. No, it was April when I bought a bunch of books, including a songbook by Nick Hornby, the 33 and a third. Right. It just so many. Plus, it went to a good cause. Like Libraries rock. Please do not make me sing that Arthur song <laughs> where they talk about having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card. Yes. And speaking of libraries, I know a lot of them do ebooks now as well. I know in LA County and Orange County, they both have an online ebook program, basically. And I know you do not like e-readers, but I bought a Kindle no. Paperwhite, and I think it's really great for when I want to read in bed and not have to get up to turn the light on or off just because I want to read a physical book. And I know I've mentioned this before about getting advanced copies of stuff, and when you get advanced copies of books and comics, it's going to be digital more often than not. So if I didn't have a Kindle, I would probably be more annoyed if I wanted to review a book because I just think the e-ink display is a lot easier on my eyes than, you know, staring at a computer screen or an iPad to read a book, especially if it's a longer book. And if it's a really long book, I definitely go for the physical copy because as you know, Megan, and if any of you follow me on Twitter or Instagram or anything, you know that I have slowly but surely started reading Infinite Jest, which is one of the biggest books on my shelf. Shelves. There we go. And I could not imagine reading that as an ebook. I would just feel like I would be touching the screen and it would be a never ending book. See, that's why I like books. Like, I, I'm so... It's weird to be a tech addict and say, I don't want an Apple Watch and I don't want an e-reader <laughs> because there's some things that I think are just better in their full forms. Like, you don't get the full book experience on an e-reader. You can't hold it and flip through the pages or bend the pages. You don't get that nice book smell, whether it's a new book fresh off the printer or an old book that has that just wonderful old book smell it's it's just a complicated relationship and i know that i have so many books that most of mine are actually packed up in boxes but it's always good to have like they make good decorations in your apartment or your house just like records they are good to kind of like go through and just find reference in and i don't know it's just one of those classic things it's like the newspaper print isn't fully dead. Yeah. And I mean, the one nice thing about ebooks is obviously, you know, being out of space on my shelf. Those don't take up space on my shelf. I mean, I have probably close to 80 books on my Kindle right now. And whether or not I get to all of them, we will have to just wait and see because I probably have roughly, I would say somewhere close to 200 books in my room. And I have no clue how many of them I still need to read. So 
slowly but surely making my way through those. And even though I have so many to read, I keep going to the used bookstore and I currently have a book checked out from the library. So there are lots of ways to get physical books if you don't want to spend nearly as much money as I have on books or that Megan has, I'm sure. Yeah, it's been a lot. Definitely check out the library. <laughs> yeah. Pre-ordering books is fun and dangerous at the same time. Because I know, uh, let's see, the last book I pre-ordered was our book club selection for this month. And that was Your Song Changed My Life by Bob Boylan. So this is your friendly little uh, book club reminder. Yes. And they thankfully sent you two. So then you sent me one. They did. <laughs> they somehow thought that they sent me the wrong book and that I contacted them. And they said, oh, well, it's our mistake. You can keep that book. Just send it off to whoever you want. And the book that I have coming in the mail sometime this month is Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Cursed? Cursed? One of those two. I'm thinking. I think it's cursed. British terms. <laughs> yeah. But if it's a British, if you say it in a British accent, it's more like cursed. Anyway. This is true. I might have to get that. I saw it and I was like, oh, I'm going to need this, aren't I? <laughs> Yeah, and it's in a play form, so it'll be a little different than the regular Harry Potter books. Right. I mean, if we're going off of books that we've most recently read, it's I just finished a book a few weeks ago that wasn't even mine. I was actually borrowing it from a friend, and that is the first book in the Discworld series by Terry Pratchett called The Color of Magic. Nice. I just finished a yeah. book, what, on Sunday? Well, that was yesterday, but... For the rest of you, it was not yesterday, but I just finished the Checklist Manifesto, which was not quite what I thought it was going to be, but it was still interesting enough for me to finish it. And that was one of those ebooks that I had automatically checked out to me from the library. So, I mean, the library is a lot more advanced than it used to be. And even though they might not have everything you want necessarily at your local library. I mean, personally, there are three libraries in the city I live in. So local is kind of a relative term as well, because there are three in my city that I could go to, but they're all varying distances from me. Well, the other thing is if they're part of the same branches. Like I know here it's the Spotsylvania County Public Libraries, where there's libraries all over the county but they're all part of the same system so even if your local library doesn't have a book they can get it put it into their library if they have it right and just kind of ship it over that sort of thing yeah they definitely do transfers between the libraries and i don't know if your library does this but i noticed when i went to mine last week that with very very new books like Stephen King's End of Watch, which just came out, they charge you $1.50 per week to borrow extremely new books. So that's just also something to keep an eye on if you know you're trying to save money or whatever. At my library, they have like this ginormous slip sticking out the top of the book that literally says $1.50 per week on it. So it's kind of hard to miss. That is that is interesting. Yeah. I actually need to go to my local library and get a library card <laughs> now that I have a Virginia license uh, that shows that I am, in fact, a resident of Spotsylvania County. But I've never heard of a library actually charging. Do they refund that amount when you return it or? I don't 
think so. I'm not entirely sure because I've never checked out one of those books. I just happened to walk by when I was leaving or when I was walking in one of the two because it's right, you know, in front of the front door there. And it was only for some of the books on the shelf too, not necessarily all of them. So they probably do that to kind of cover their cost of having to buy the book in the first place. Because, you know, if you're just checking out books for free and you're like me and you don't incur any late fees, the library's not making a whole lot of money. But what's interesting with my local library, they also have a little bookstore in the back for books they have taken out of rotation. And a lot of times they're like a dollar, two dollars or something. So you can also see if your library has something like that or if they have, you know, seasonal or annual book sales when they get rid of all the books that they've taken out of circulation. And in a lot of cases, those sales don't even feature books that they've taken out of rotation. They actually feature books that have been donated to the library that they kind of put aside specifically to sell right which is nice and like i said earlier about supporting public radio if you can and if you can afford it you should support your local library system because they're still thriving they provide a lot of services for the community which is just really wonderful and i think without that communities wouldn't be thriving as much Libraries still seem to be an important part of the community where, especially in the summer, they have those really cool summer reading programs and they definitely encourage young children to learn to love reading, which is great. Yeah. Not everyone, though, is a giant book nerd like we are. (laughs) Very true. Even this is why we've had a few podcasts devoted solely to books, because we are basically moms telling people to read yes and this is why we now have a book club so very true don't forget about that but i think that wraps up our media consumption discussion for today you know we've gone on at length about kind of each of these and what we use so we will definitely link to all of the apps we mentioned or even some of the podcasts but before we go as usual we are going to do recommendations megan i know you have a very exciting one for us this week i do please be careful when using it but i highly recommend pokemon go i was unable to use it while at the music festival this weekend and i was kind of bummed because (laughs) i wanted to see what pokemon would be in a mountainous region but you know it's okay i'm home i can use it again i caught a squirtle last night in my bedroom that was exciting caught a Pikachu in my garage today. The rarest Pokemon I have so far is a Pinsir. And it's a I think it's cool that you can walk around. It's I think it's a great way to combat childhood obesity myself. But I I don't know. I think it's fun. It's a good nostalgia thing. And it's just I still wish Pokemon were real. And if you are using Pokemon Go, there have a, a report came out today, being Monday that your Google account, the app basically has full access to your Google account. So if you're like me and signed up using your Google account, you know, kind of keep that in mind. Be a little more cautious about what you let apps see. Yeah, and I think you can go revoke the full access if you log into you your can, Gmail and check But the if apps. you log in if you log back into the game with your Google account, it gives those permissions back, which is really weird. So you can choose to sign up via the Pokemon Trainer Club, 
that might be a safer way yeah to do it i mean i've downloaded the app twice and since deleted it twice because it's like i open it and i would literally have to get in my car and go drive somewhere to find any of the pokemon in the area so i think all the children in the neighborhood have snatched them all up because you know a lot of my friends are like oh i caught them in bed and i'm like i can't see any like all of the ones by me, they're like, oh, we're at a church. I'm like, I'm not going to drive over to a church to catch some Pokemon. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I have to actually drive to go to the Poke Stops and to any of the Pokemon gyms because there are none in my neighborhood. So that's not very fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of my friends are playing the app, so I understand the recommendation. It's just not something I have wanted to consume my time with lately. <laughs> Yeah, and it is because it is a very new app. It's still really buggy. It's not out in all countries yet, I believe. And they're still working out some of the bugs in it. Yeah. So if the servers go down, it's not your fault. (laughs) It's everyone else's fault in the world because it's so popular. It has been number one in the App Store across Android and iOS devices for a few days now. Yeah. Well, my recommendation for the week is, of course, a podcast. Jacob Tender has started a new podcast. It's called Variable Bitrate. And he's basically just been interviewing people within the music industry. And he's had some really great guests on so far. There's four or five episodes right now. I believe episode four came out today, being Monday again. And he did have an episode zero, I believe, similar to what we did when we first launched this podcast. So definitely check those out. Jacob's been doing stuff in the music industry for a while now, and he is always a great guy to talk to. And I'm sure, you know, if you are someone in the music industry, he would probably be interested in talking to you as well. I know I personally know Jacob pretty much just through Twitter. And now I text him about Star Wars stuff all the time because he also does his podcast, Bantha Fodder. So check that out and well i guess while i'm at it you might as well go check out bantha fodder too if you're a star wars fan and i think that is all we have for you guys this week as always thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day